Hello, and welcome to Disc Covers, the only podcast online where we read, review, and rank all 41 of Sir Terry Pratchett's Discworld series of comic fantasy novels. I'm your host, Iris J, pronouns are she and they, and with me are my illustrious trio of co-hosts. Why don't y'all introduce yourselves? Still Belina, still she, they, myself, and still a work in progress. Uh, I'm Juniper, uh, my pronouns she, her, or goddess, and I finally have the actual book this week. I bought it. I'm excited. Yay! Oh, yeah. And I am the Internet's beloved Princess Grace, pronouns she, her, sometimes Faye Fair if you're in that kind of mood, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. It's good. Oh, I didn't know you were trying on Mio pronouns. That's so cool. <laughs> I don't know. They, they bounce around my head sometimes, you know? Ooh. I gotta try those out on there. That sounds great. You do have Faye things bouncing around your head most of the times. So I follow you online. It's hmm. true. Um, it's a good gender. Yeah. Anyways, we're here today to talk about a book. Uh, the sixth. We're here today to talk about a book. The sixth book in the Which series. Book? Uh, it's a witch book. Yeah, exactly. Oh no! Um, no! 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 Third oh, base. Third base. Which book? Oh, uh, how many times are we going to make that joke? Every oh, single I, time we do a book about these three. Uh, I mean, it it's what Sir Terry would have wanted, honestly. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. There was an Abbott yeah. and Costello routine in this book, for God's sakes. <laughs> there is! <laughs> and yeah. a Laurel and Hardy routine. I would argue it's the same Laurel and Hardy routine that he tries in The Color of Magic, but it is accomplished more successfully here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it were, a lot of things worked better on this one, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, yeah. it's book... Book number six, uh, Weird Sisters, released in 1988, later 1988, uh, the same year as Sorcery was released, which is maybe the most surprising thing about this book. Yeah, what the Yeah, hell? that still has me fucked up. Yeah, like, he had to have had, like, a manuscript sitting around from earlier for Sorcery, because, like, this, like, I don't know how y'all felt, but to me, reading this book... Previously, it was like, okay, this is like early Terry. This is like, we're seeing the first vague glimmerings of a Discworld novel. This book, f- for me personally, felt like, okay, this is the first actual Discworld book. This is the first one where, like, it's not perfect, but it feels like all of the parts are there. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's got it. His voice is definitely a lot more confident this time around. There are still definitely training wheels on the bike, but at least he's on a bike now. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. yeah. there's some parts that drag and some parts that don't fit, or at least some parts I was too American to really laugh at. But <laughs> by and large, it was good. That's I'm, good. I'm, that's a recurring theme with the Ram Tops books, honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's kind of yeah going to be a recurring theme. Normally, we have a what's the most British thing in this book. That's kind of just the whole book this the time. Book. Yeah, like yeah. Also, also, like if you don't have at least like a decent memory of like Shakespeare from high school English. This, a lot of this book is going to be a lot more impenetrable to you. (laughs) Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting. I, I really enjoyed it though. I, I'm going to be interested to hear the debate at the end towards what's the best book, because I, I definitely think this is more of a Discworld book than anything we've read so far. I don't know if it's the best, but this feels more like what future books would be. There are yeah. definitely reasons for that, and I'll get it. I keep saying we'll get into it later, but no, we really will get into that one in a little bit here. But mm-hmm. let me go ahead and get that summary thing out of the way. Since yeah, you know. yeah, our uh, Synoptrix Bellina. 
Okay, let's see if I let's see how many times I stumble over myself this time. I believe I in believe you. in you. Oh my God, Jinx, hey, that's so cute! Doctor Warning, twinning pink. <gasps> oh, my hair is already turning pink. Uh, it's a good look <laughs> okay. on you. Okay, if I could actually get a deep breath this time. Sixth book, for third one to start in the Ram Tops. We were introduced to Granny Weatherwax and two neighboring witches, Nanny Og, who heads up a family that comprises half the Ram Tops population, and Maggot Garlic, the new agey type who is there because witches are not born old. Foul deeds are afoot in Lanker Castle as Duke Felmet, under direction of his wife, stabs and kills King Varence. He meant to also kill the infant prince, but the lad was smuggled out, given to the witches who sent him along with a roving band of actors with their own blessings. It's Hamlet, baby! Felmet is so incredibly bad at his job that the kingdom, that is, the actual land and animals and trees, are suffering from on a metaphysical and regular physical level. Felmet and his wife also try and fail to torture Nanny Og, so Granny pulls an insane plan to send the entire kingdom 15 years into the future. This works because time is relative. Meanwhile, Magret has, an, has awkwardly fallen in love with the kingdom's resident fool who hates his job. Now, if a preparation to be a hero, the young Tanjan has grown up to be supernaturally good at acting, and when the Duke sends the fool to act for Bork looking for actors to put on a play to twist public perception and soothe his own neuroses, Tanjan and the company are the obvious choice. The play itself goes off with every single hitch, including actors jailed mid-performance, equipment breaking, and the play itself being just wrong enough that the rules of drama won't let its lines be murmurized. Which all makes for good covers, Granny casts a glamour that makes the truth itself put words in people's mouths. The Duke flips out, has a very public confession, and eventually proves himself to be dead by way of dying. Again, just like Hamlet. Tanjan is supposed to be crowned, but would rather be an actor, so it's a good thing that the fool is technically related to him. He takes the throne instead, and does well enough that he doesn't really get mentioned for the rest of the series. These uh, kind of reliably well come into about 75 seconds, but you know, that's close that's enough. That's okay! A yeah, lot happened in this book. Yeah, yeah, there were there were parts of that that went too fast for me to fully understand. But there were also parts of the book that I didn't fully understand. Yeah. So it, it works. Yeah, there was again. There was remember that whole like really long conversation about nuncles and mummers and yefaiths and prithias. Oh God, it's like, what, what is this? Am I too American to understand this? Absolutely. Is, this is Joe just Absolutely. not working. Yeah, these are like. I'd like to quickly pause. Good job, good job, Belina. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you, Belina. That was well very done. nice. Belina. That was very well done. Yeah, uh, but everything about the Fool's Guild is... Like, I've got this weird feeling that Terry Pratchett just had this enormous chip on his shoulder about some aspect of, you know, standardized comedy for this, that we just mm-hmm. don't... None of us did the research to actually find out what that is, like, because he wrote about the Fool's Guild with such an unbridled hatred. If I had to guess, I would guess that, like... Because, like, you see this with Roald Dahl's works, too, though Sir Terry doesn't hate children as much. Um, <laughs> it's like, I, I think if you're a British author of a certain age, you are probably traumatized by going to boarding school at some point in your life. Probably, <laughs> yes. I think a combination yeah. of that and also maybe, like, the... Because he didn't exist in a vacuum. I'm wondering if people ever rode his ass for writing the wrong kind of jokes or not being funny in the way they wanted a, a spec fic author to be funny. Yeah. And he's like, all yeah. right, you assholes. If you think there's only one way to tell jokes, let me talk about people who think there's only one way to tell jokes. Like it, <laughs> I think a lot about the dedication. One of the earlier books, like book two or three, where it said at the start, dear reviewers, this book is neither wacky nor zany. That was equal rights. <laughs> Which, like, yeah, you know, fuck you. I'm going to be funny in my own way. Don't put me in your box. I'm going to tell all the jokes I want about horny, about how kings sleep around. Nobody puts Terry in a corner. Speaking of jokes, I have to say, I will say, I think this was the funniest book so far. I I laughed more in this book than any of the other books so far so many good bits i mean part of that was that it kept throwing jokes a lot faster 
it 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 was i mean okay there was an enormous number of just jokes about making like little people quoting hamlet without really thinking about it and then the person next to them going the fuck did you just say yeah is this a dagger i see before me no it's a handkerchief come on like <laughs> i love it i love it the story is hamlet but also because Lancret is Scotland. We've got to give the conniving duke a very powerful duchess wife lady who is basically yeah. Lady Macbeth. Because so, the play also needs to be Macbeth. Mm-hmm. Which would frame me to my next question. Did the duchess effectively utilize girl <laughs> effectively utilize girl power when she girl bossed her way into ruling Lancret? I mean, she definitely gaslighted. And yeah. I can't think of anybody who gate kept more mm-hmm. uh i think she's a girl I mean, they were the literal gatekeepers but they kept letting people go through and as a bonus i think it's you cannot describe the duke without those three words manipulate mansplain male life <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> this is a great way to start this episode i'm sure i'm sure terry would have appreciated it uh, oh yeah terry would have been a huge memester he probably would have uh, been up on the tiktok Hi, TikTok teens, by the way. (laughs) I hope you're enjoying our show. We were very thrilled to see that one, actually. I'm sorry that we'll never stop calling you TikTok teens. I know large numbers of you are actually adults. It's just a fun alliteration. The youth are our future, and we are terrified of them, so we're glad that they're on our side. (laughs) Um, I'm sure they'll turn on us as soon as we finish doing this podcast. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially considering that like, my favorite part of this book are the old people. Um, <laughs> I fucking love I fucking love Granny Weatherwax and Nanny Og. They're I have like to say, I, the best. I was going to say on that part of why I think the book was funny is the dynamic between the three witches was just fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah no, oh, all yeah. of them had their own idiosyncrasies, and all of their idiosyncrasies played off against each other to the point that each of them could play the straight man for the other two in mm. different scenarios. Yeah, and it was perfect with granny being like very practical and very old school witches but also kind of willing to make very poor choices for fun and nanny og being uh singing uh the hedgehog cannot be buggered at all that's Uh, what that was yes i'm so glad we got that that's come up in a previous book already, hasn't it? I, don't think I, it I think it has. I, I, wanna th- I, I have like a vague memory of like, yeah, the wizard, the drunk wizard singing about it. Yeah, okay, got, thank you, cause, yeah. Because we also got a, because there was a similar one about how a wizard staff has a knob on the end. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. to my, it, okay, lyrics for these songs exist. As far as I know, they're, they're you know, what little bits end up in the books combined with a bunch of, you know, filk. But as far as I'm concerned, a wizard staff has a knob on the end, and the hedgehog song have almost certainly the exact same melody. It's yeah. just a different set of lyrics on top of it. Makes it easy to remember. Granny getting drunk on literally anything and singing about hedgehogs is a running joke that thankfully never fully wears out its welcome. Because <sighs> Terry just never gets tired of finding weird ways to present it happening. It's it's it was it was great. And yeah. I really I really loved is it Magrat? It's Magrat. It's Magrat. I love Magrat. She's so good. It is supposed to be a Margaret, but the 
the person, you know, the witch that handled the midwifery couldn't spell, so she got stuck with a misspelling. And unfortunately, oh. it was it's misspelled so badly that it's pronounced wrong, too. Yeah. I know that you mentioned that Margaret doesn't really show up in the later books, but sh- if I remember correctly, she does, and she... I, I like, like... Later on in the books, like, this this is only a minor spoiler. Uh, she doesn't stay a witch forever, but she still has, she's still, like, a character in Lankra, and, like, having an ex-witch in the series is just as interesting as having a oh, young witch. absolutely. To be um, clear, I said that the king, you know, King Varence. Oh, the king, you know, the, yeah, the, the king's the fool, like... The fool. He just kind a, of gets, he's a footnote. <laughs> he's yeah. there. Yeah, I think he still exists, but yes. he's just kind of there. Yeah, I, I, I do love that, like, this book make like we all know Sir Terry's politics, and they are the man does not like kings. He is anti king. He is anti monarchy, and it's very good. Like we saw some of this in Mord, but it really comes to a head here. We're like nobody really likes kings. Kings fucking suck. They burn shit down. He's... They take your money. They nobody likes them. They're bad. I I find it interesting to compare where he is in this book with kings, which is a very, like, kings suck, but also sometimes you have a king, it's fine, it's whatever, yeah. who cares? To, like, future books with Vimes, where there's a very different approach to the concept of monarchy in general. Yeah, like, it's, it's yeah. weird that, like... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Iris. Oh, I was going to say, this is... I was talking to June about this before the show started. Like, I mentioned, like, this is... I really like this book, despite fundamentally disagreeing with one of its major tenets, and that's that. Which is that uh, a, a kingdom physically needs a king. A kingdom, a kingdom requires a king. Literally, the land begs for a king yeah, to a watch over up. it. Which, like, and from all, from all, from all accounts in the books, previous kings did not really give a hell of a crap about. Lankra, the land or its creatures or anything other than yeah. like hunting and occasionally burning down thatch roof cottages i'm uh, burninating thatch roof cottages yeah. um but like i think i think it's vague enough that you can read it a few different ways is it it needs a king or it just needs someone who isn't burning it all to the ground it implies mm-hmm. that it needs a king but it's weird about it which i, mean, I feel like honestly reflects like I don't want to say that Pratchett was very much a dude trying to come to terms with his very, very human-first, humanist, like, I-care-about-people-most-of-all politics that would eventually lead to him being very interestingly leftist, but still also being a random British dude who had mixed feelings about royalty. But that's me projecting onto him, perhaps. A, a lot of this is that the the Lanker and you know, like the Ramtops itself is a very old place. It is a place that runs itself off of tradition. It's as much as anything enough. To, it is a place with a momentous amount of inertia. It expects yeah. to have a king. It is it, whether he's a good king or a bad king itself isn't super important. But it expects there to be somebody in the castle running it. But and the Duke doesn't count. The Duke's yeah, the, a bad the, king. The the Duke outright wanted to cut down all of the forest because he was afraid the trees were looking at him. 
Pratchett's approach to tradition tradition is interesting for a while because he often successfully diagnoses that like sometimes the people who come in and say we're going to throw out all of the tradition and instead set up a factory here are shitty fascists who want to destroy your everything. Like in the very f- second book here, Color of Magic or The Light Fantastic, I will never remember which is which. But often that turns into him almost glorifying tradition, which I think is interesting to say, given that in much later books, that thread of things will stay the same, and that matters, because if they aren't, something can come in and destroy the status quo in a way that fucks people over, isn't a thing, because the status quo constantly changes. Yeah, like, the the latter half of the entire Discworld series is pretty much characterized by, like, the Industrial Revolution happens! Whoa! Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of future politics stuff in this book that I'm curious about and want to analyze, but I don't feel like I can until I've read more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And there's... Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I, I think that, I mean, whether or not he's espousing tradition or progress also kind of depends on what regions he's doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The Ankhmore Pork, obviously, it's it's a it's a city. It, all the all the progress starts there. There are, you know, again, later books in the series are just entirely based off of. Okay, we need this, we need that. Let's invent money. Let's invent the post office. Not in that order, but whatever. Again, we're talking like four years from now. None of us will remember having had this conversation. <laughs> but again places like lanker never really change all that much and we're going to be seeing a lot of this and the the entire character of granny weatherwax is she is the traditionalist of the group she is always going to be there for traditions except when traditions get in the way or except when traditions demand something of her personally Mm -hmm. because that's just the kind of character she is I think that's something, I think one thing that I think Pratchett had a very good grasp on a lot of the time is like, people are still going to be shitty people no matter what you do. And that is both, uh, I think at first, uh, a lot of that gets used for what it's used here, which is like, in the end, people are just going to be their normal shitty selves, and like, you just having someone who wants to take over and manipulate them and do all of this shit is terrible sometimes just being traditional and normal and the status quo is okay because otherwise people start a war and start burning which is at the stake and stuff but i think eventually it gets put to much better use especially as he takes a look at progress and says maybe we don't actually have to say that just because i think people are genuinely kind of small-minded and shitty and assholes a lot of the time that means the world has to be and they all have to be Mm -hmm. there's genuine progress and like the world gets better over the course of pratchett's book without ever losing that central element of like in the end you can rely on people being dumbass normal people who are as a whole selfish and kind of awful a lot of the time I'll be really interested to compare and contrast this to, I forget if it's the last witch's book. It's definitely a later series one that I liked a lot. Uh, Carpe Jugulum, the one about yuppie vampires. Yeah. If you want to talk about a Lankra book that is very concerned with notions of progress. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's an episode again for uh, a couple years years in the future. So we'll get to it when we get to it. 
I think um, I think I think this is going to be an interesting podcast because I'm realizing I'm going to have political discussions on this podcast and reveal how little I know. <laughs> oh, that's God. okay. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, oh, no, I'm, I'm mostly joking. But yeah, I th- I think it was a I thought it was a really cool book. And like, as much as I disagree with the whole co- the whole notion of like, oh, land needs a king and shit, um, it did result in some very very cool scenes. I think my favorite my favorite single scene in the book was the one where granny comes outside and like it's like dead quiet and there's like every animal in the forest is just waiting outside of her house um yeah, just, just looking staring at her, at her. like yeah, she she just has to have an argument with herself because she yeah. knows what it's about i haven't i haven't had a moment in a discworld book yet that's kind of given me the creeps on a level quite like that. <laughs> that was yeah. so cool. Yeah. God. Mm. I'm I'm so glad we got to see some of the stuff Pratchett is really, really good at here. Mm-hmm. So, anyone else notice that, like, between there and, like, oh, we have to, like, put Tom... We have to, like, go get Tom John back. There was, like, a weirdly long period of time. Seemed like there was kind of a long... <laughs> they were like, kind the of... book is very good, but there was kind of a weird dragging period where, like... Oh, we have you know the na- you know the land cries out for a king. Okay, we what, let's ask this demon. You know what does he say? He says the land needs a king after we threatened to flush him or whatever. I <laughs> I will say the demon part did have the joke that made me laugh the most in the entire book. Yeah, uh, which is uh, the demon saying its name and Nanny Og just going, "Where were you when they handed out all the vowels?" <laughs> that 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 uh, made me laugh harder than anything else because I've bit. seen. So so many demons with names like yeah. that in fantasy books like uh, this, yeah. and it cracked me up. I, th- I I liked that whole scene. I yeah. I have to admit, I'm a sucker for those moments of like, well, it doesn't really, but we don't really need to go get all that fancy stuff. You just grab stuff off the walls, and oh, then yeah. the demon demon is a look. It looks like you're just holding the copper stirring rod, and the granny just swings it and just chops something in half. It, it was a good bit. That's sick. She's that good of just this is the opposite of the wizards in the right of ashkente they don't need the fancy trappings but because they're witches it works yeah the yes. threats yeah. the like you know like you're in a i forget what it was it was like they've threatened to like boil him away or whatever yeah he's or, the copper still i think that's i mean it's used for laundry that's that's yeah. why it was unused was because nanny og's many 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 daughters-in-law and nieces and the like do her laundry and stuff so she never does it herself but and that's also why the soap flakes and so on and so forth i well i was i was gonna say i was gonna say i do i do agree with grace i think i think part of it is a lot of the scenes work better there is kind of a long like weird not slow but the entire section from like oh okay we may have to fix this land when Nanny Og gets kidnapped or gets captured and uh, they set up to maybe do the spell and then they do the spell and then we get more of uh, the play, the theater in Ankh-Morpork and more scenes with the yeah. fool. I think it does drag plot-wise a bit, yeah, a but lot of- I think a lot of the scenes are good and that just, right. it you don't notice because the scenes are funny and entertaining. Yeah, like there's a lot of, there's a lot, but it seems like we figure out what we have to do. Then there's a lot of, like, fucking around before they actually get to fixing it. But, like, each individual scene on the way was really good. Like, for example, yeah. we learned that Nanny Og would at least be willing to fuck a demon. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, Maniog would be willing to fuck a lot of things. But let, let's be clear. She has an enormous family. That means she had to fuck at least a few times. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's very good to like, look, Man. we have, there are three genders of which fucking constantly familiar with the concept and has no idea what sex is. <laughs> Nettyog would be insulted, Belina, that you implied she only fucked a few times. I I set a ba- I only, set a baseline. I was allowing her to keep her modest. There's only three kinds of witch: incel, volcel, and fucks. Like it's very oh god. Like it's very good that like Magrat has like you know one of the key duties of a witch is like midwifery, which she has done and she's good at, but she doesn't know what comes before that. <laughs> That's a really good joke, honestly. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, like the, like what is you know, it's when they're at the theater, right? And like Granny doesn't quite understand what this whole theater business is. She has got views on the whole situation, and yeah, that's also where we find out that again, Megra doesn't know what sex is, and the other two are like, "Well, you, you've done the midwifery. Are you familiar with what comes before that?" It's very good. It's a good bit. I think, I think honestly, part of, like, I, I really like the way the witches were portrayed in this book, because it it makes fun of them all constantly, but never implies that, like, they are bad or failures or, like, not the very powerful and deserving of your respect protagonists of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it feels like sometimes, I mean, like, looking at the last few books, I didn't, I didn't respect... This is, like, the first time... Yeah. This might be the first time that we've ever actually had characters with chemistry, let alone yeah. three characters yeah. with chemistry. Yeah. They, and, they really had good chemistry. And I'm just suddenly remembering here, like, I know that there's the big deal about the 15-year time skip, but the fact there's a one-year time skip in there, and that that is such a small footnote that I honestly forgot about it until we were midway into this discussion, that... It's that that whole section does just kind of drag because they've got to establish that things are going bad and they're going worse and they're going worse. And okay, fine, we can't wait fifteen years. We've got to we got to deal with this tonight. And you know that that's that is a decent enough arc. And again, yeah, all the individual scenes were good, but the plot itself just kind of sputters because he's introducing and characterizing twelve different characters. Mm-hmm. If I had to just randomly assume things i would say that maybe pratchett had a very good idea for how the book is set up a very good idea for how the book ends and a very a cool possible idea of how to make it work but not really a good idea of how to get the plot there and just kind of faffed around about a lot in the Mm -hmm. middle but i'm I'm picturing a lot of index cards with scene concepts pinned up on a big board and then just like trying to thread them together because like you said like there's Plenty of scenes that like work well, and like the the feeling of I it dragging. The dungeon scene. The dungeon scene was incredible, yeah. and also like I might be alone in this opinion, but I really liked following along Huel and Tom John and the, yeah. the theater kids. Like they they kind of are there to break up the action uh, during the later parts of the book, uh, and it's it's neat to kind of see this from the other end of the telescope where it's a it's it's a book about like tradition and like uh kings and all the all this other stuff but it's also kind of about the creative process and about kind of like what 
like like Huel is this dwarf who's clearly channeling like the works of Shakespeare through his brain because for God's sakes, he, his his name is as close to Will as you can write without it being obvious. Exactly. I expected I expected him to have a last name of like Wigglepike or something. <laughs> but like it's it's interesting to see like this this character portrayed as like yeah like he constantly struggles between like trying to get this I- his ideas down exactly as he sees them in his head and also like having to struggle with the very real feeling of like burnout and like uh making the numbers add up and like uh actors who don't nec- who don't necessarily live up to their roles and like executive uh, meddling yeah executive yeah. meddling having to like take shitty uh commission work just to uh build out their cool new theater like it's what if i'm not good enough to execute on my ideas right yeah what if i what if i can't get out all of the ideas that are that won't stop pouring into my head um i thought that was really fascinating too yeah it's amazing how they make him a very relatable and like genuinely like oh wow i care about this character when also constantly using him to reference Marx Brothers films, which <laughs> Yeah. What did you all think of that bit? I a lot of groaning mostly. <laughs> did you catch the Godfather reference later in the book? That was out of nowhere. I loved it. I found it hilarious. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it was so good. Get ready for like an entire book of that kind of thing with moving I, pictures, which yeah. is not oh, far God. in the future. Oh god, I'm not excited for that, but here I enjoyed it. Mostly because of the constant making the joke and then someone else being like, what the fuck? Yeah, what? What, what, what are you talking this? about? What? I keep, he woke up laughing because he had a silent dream about Charlie Chaplin and just could not figure out how you would ever explain that to anybody. Yeah, then yeah. they turn it into like this weird tragic gag of I can't explain modern media to anyone in my life. And it, it was it was genuinely... The, the, the tragedy of it is what made it funny to me. You're not ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I uh, mean, I, I I threatened this one, saying we'll talk about this one later a few times, that I can actually remember to say it now. Every it's later, witch, baby. Yep. It every single witch book is at its heart a book about stories. Yeah. And this none of them quite as literally as Weird Sisters because we've got a literal playwright running around here, and we've got a a story that ends up reshaping the narrative in in its telling. And you know the 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 fact that the play that well gets commissioned to make which is supposed to just make everybody remember the witches as just cackling hags who make everybody's lives yeah. worse which is only like half true let's be honest they don't really cackle all they only cackle once or twice a piece yeah they, they, look they, they provide a valuable service to the community in addition to being cackling hags right and they're not green and the fact that the it, everything was just wrong, and the fact that it was driving well right up the wall, and the fact that nobody could remember their lines because the lines weren't right. All of that hit really hard. That was really good, very evocative, and um, painfully familiar at times. Yeah, that, that fucking ruled. That was my favorite part of the book. It all comes together. It hits that really good like part of my brain that you know gets weird and magical about stories. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. it's good. Uh and we will be engaging in it in a different way in a few months here when we do another witch book. But again, the series is always going to be like this when we get to do witch books. Yeah. 
I'd argue that it's like this all the time, honestly. It, it, it never stops being about stories. The witch books, maybe most of all, but all of them are about stories. That's that's fair. I like the witch books a lot because they put that such on the surface, though. And if I had to pick out like a single like kind of like sub thread, like a like a sub series within the Discworld canon, I think the witches are probably my favorite. Again. A lot of these I'm rereading for the first time in many years, so I'm not willing to call that one as dead ass my opinion I, forever just yet. But I definitely appreciate it a hell of a lot more than I used to. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm reading. I've never read the witches' books except for well, except for the one that's maybe most about stories because it's making fun of Phantom of the Opera. Okay, I've read that one and it's fucking great. So okay, so. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, excuse me, nerd continuity error time. Um, okay, if Ankh-Morpork had never seen a theater before, which they build the disc in this book, which yeah. is the world, it's Shakespeare's The World. Uh, if Ankh-Morpork had never yeah. seen a theater, uh, the theater. before, yeah, the Globe Theater, um, how come there's an opera house that has history? Uh, how Do you does want that... the actual explanation for that? Is it... That opera technically counts as a different thing than theater? No, it's that Terry Pratchett used Thief of Time to retcon all of his mistakes. Ah. I gotta reread Thief of Time. (laughs) Holy shit. I need to send a copy of Thief in Time 20 years into the past. Oh, wait, I did read it. Damn, I'm good. Oh, oh. (laughs) No, but yeah, I, I literally was looking up stuff about this book and I just saw something that mentioned like, yeah, there's this weird continuity error, and the explanation is uh, Thief of Time breaks time. That's a plot element, and that's a bit of a spoiler. And Pratchett used that to just be like, well, everything makes sense now. It all makes sense. Don't worry about Thief it. Thief of yeah. Time was his crisis on infinite discs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, finally, we can meet Rincewind Prime. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh. Uh, so no, I I really hate to tell you this, Grace, but we're going to do that when we read Eric in a few months. Oh, oh no! no don't Why did you remind me? me? I we get to read Guards, Guards first. That's I'm true. focusing on that. I'm focusing on that. God, That's you true. guys are not like... You're not selling me out in some of these books, which I realize is the point, but like... <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll get to the shitty books. Don't worry. Guards Guards is really good, and it sets things up for uh, Feet of Clay, which is phenomenal, and Nightwatch, which is probably, like, I don't want to call it early here. It's prob- If it's not going to be the best book on our list, it's definitely going to be top five. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's worth the slog. Um, I, I, I am the watch, if, uh, if you think the Witches series is your favorite. My series will... I, I, if it is not still the watch series at the end of our read, I will do something very silly and figure you'll, out what that is later. Eat your hat, as no, the saying I don't. Goes. I don't have a good hat to eat. Oh. I'll, I'll figure something out. But it has always been my favorite, and it resonates with me deeply. And I can rant about why. And I am so excited to get started on it. Even if I think Guards Guards isn't as good as you remember, it's still very, very good. And then eventually we hit Men at Arms and Feet of Clay, which are... I think that Feet of Clay is going to be up there in the best books. It's got a subplot that doesn't work at all, but (laughs) it's got a plot that works really well. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay, but actually back in the present. Yes. About the book we are actually talking about. 
I would like to point out that this is the first book that has a proper title drop in it. Uh, the Color of Magic does like that's part of the narration. It's whatever. Mort doesn't count because it's just the main character's name. But mm-hmm. Felmet does say, "Get back to your cauldrons, weird sisters," or as the Joker calls them, "Normal sisters." <laughs> Holy what shit! Did <laughs> what did y'all think of Felmet, by the way, and the Duchess? I, I imagined him as being like a shithead Woody Allen. So like Woody Allen. <laughs> yes. Oh man. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, that's. Yeah, good. that makes a lot more sense. I will say that on one level, I don't think he was a very sympathetic portrayal of neurodivergent people. But on the other level, uh, I really didn't have any sympathy for him because he was a murderer and also a jerk. So And also a duke. And also a duke. And a douche, which is French for douche. So there was a whole bit where, like, you know, throughout the entire book, is you know, his hand keeps bleeding and it's always wrapped in bandages because that was the hand he did the murdering with. Is the joke that he keeps, like, he keeps scrubbing it with steel wool and, you know, steel yeah, wool f- and, like, scrapers and, and cheese yeah. graters or yes. whatever, and it yes. keeps bleeding because he keeps fucking, you know, scraping yeah, he's try- it with steel wool. He's, he's trying to wash the blood off because, you know, again, because this is Hamlet, yeah. but he can't get it off because he's literally scraped all the skin off of it and yeah. it's just bleeding constantly. Oh. Yes, that is, that is exactly what he's doing. That is more of a Macbeth thing, I believe. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I felt, I slept through most of my Shakespeare classes. Like, there, there is oh, still yeah. some Macbeth happening with the wind. Yeah. It's, when yeah. shall it's we kind of it half again? Hamlet. It's like half Hamlet and half Macbeth. Yeah. And then a little pinch of like Richard III in there. I, I I I will say I enjoyed him as a villain, mostly just because I think Pratchett writes much better characters as villain than Eldritch Monstrosity as yeah. villain. I'm glad I'm, just a, yeah, I'm glad right. a human was the bad guy in this one. Yeah. Oh. I'm going. To, I'm going to just briefly make a couple here. At the end, the the actual name of the play that they put on, they just simply call it the Lanker play. So yes, that they're just outright calling it Macbeth. Hey, yeah. Yeah. hey. Oh. I will say fun fun thing that I did notice. I don't know if you other discheads spotted it, but um, <laughs> did you notice when at the end when like death comes to collect the duke, uh, he doesn't bring a sword along with him. Uh, swords. He only brings the sword for kings. And the duke did not he count did. as a king. <laughs> that's a very good. That is a very good stealth a, diss. Mm, he wasn't a that's real. That's a one. good bit. No, he, he never got honestly. They couldn't find the crown. Yeah. I, Actually, on that note, I fucking loved death in this book. Oh yeah, no. Suddenly on stage and having to perform. Oh, that's God. such a good situation yeah. to put. The death. bit about like, where like oh. people could see him because they expected to see death, and therefore yeah. death couldn't be ignored. That's yeah. so good. Like death getting stage fright. Uh <laughs> that that the uh the the Duke's kill trying to kill people with a fake dagger and then it just being like, Well, there's your magic sword that the that the mm-hmm. hero has. Uh, and, uh, his his entire extended breakdown was just absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's just insisting that he's dead and ins- and death is just staring at his staring at the hourglass of the fool just after he's been stabbed and just being extremely confused also the fool's hourglass has bells on it yes <laughs> i wonder if it still has them after he stops being the fool oh yeah. probably i mean he yeah. did he did make a big show of like taking off the hat with the bells on it and throwing it down even without the bells you can exist as an antithesis to wearing bells yeah that's a that's an interesting diversion though what did y'all think of the fool uh, Most, I, mostly sympathy. 
yeah, yeah. like he like I did like tear up a little bit when I think it was he who said like only when we dream we're free every the rest of the time we need wages that was a well line that was such a fuck of a line yeah, Holy yeah. Shit. <sighs> what an incredible drop like at the end of like a throwaway joke paragraph fuck uh, uh, I love that. Was- the, 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 he had a bunch of great lines. I, I, I don't know if Pratchett intended it to be as meaningful as it was. Kind of the portrayal of him as someone so fundamentally caught up in the belief that this is the only way his life could have meaning. That like he's forced into it, yeah. even when he has no reason to keep doing it. But mm-hmm. it fucking worked for me, yeah, honestly. Like it's, oh no, it was yeah, beautiful. It, would you say the fool is an example of a trans allegory? I mean, I don't know if I'd say a trans allegory, but I, <laughs> as someone who grew up in a cult, I certainly found it relatable. Mm. Uh, it's it certainly reads as less trans than rinse when be than like rinse when you're a shitty wizard. Why don't you stop being a wizard? But I'm a wizard. That's what I have to be. I'm a wizard. It, it, it was. It worked well. Yeah. I'm sorry. You just you just pointed out the out the the fool is better at being rinsewind than rinsewind was. Holy shit! Oh, you're right. Uh, yeah. Ugh. I mean, yeah. for one thing, the same the... character is constantly running from everything. It's just the fool actually has a level of interesting depth to him. Also, the fool's allowed to have sex. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, yeah, rinsewind has true. canonically fucked, but like you know. The fool's not like required to not fuck. Um, this is like background stuff, but yeah, the like the king will only be mentioned as like a footnote. Magret will show up several more times. There are several more books of her as the as a witch, and she will eventually marry the fool, and and you know they will have an heir. So mm-hmm. they they, they at least fuck once. Unless it turns, unless someone jumped over the fence of the palace again, and we're just getting, we're just time being a flat circle. But let's just presume that everything goes as planned. They definitely, maybe, figure it out, and good for them. Uh, oh no, I am, I am positive they do because I, you saying that just suddenly made me remember some distant memory of of Margaret finally having to learn what sex is and just thorough experimentation before it, they finally got it to work. Yeah. So yeah, like I, I am looking at Verence the second of Lanker's like entry on Wikipedia, and uh, <laughs> they mentioned that in a later book they Verence and Margaret finally marry, and in fact they have a. They later have a daughter, Princess Esmeralda Margaret Note Spelling of Lanker. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, that's such that's, a good bit. That's yes, it really is. good. I'm excited to see I'm excited to see more of Lanker in general. I I'm very excited to read more witches books. Yeah. Oh uh, my god. Was, what did y'all think of uh, what did y'all think of Tom John and just kind of the playwrights in general, but thought, specifically Tom John as a character. I loved the actors. I loved their whole dynamic. I loved uh, I noticed Again, that Tom John certainly had some gender going on. Mm-hmm. Tom John and Quell had good chemistry together, and again, yeah. this, that is the second example in the series, and both of them are in this book of characters actually working well with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like friends, and you believe that they're friends. Yeah, yes. like, I wonder if that's part of why this book feels like the first real Discworld book, honestly, because it's kind of the first one I'd say where you had characters where it's like this character likes the people around them and is happy where they are and 
doesn't hate everything in a cynical shitty way they're just kind of like yeah no i'm i i want to exist with these people i don't hate it the witches like each other they 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 act like they hate each other sometimes but they definitely like each Mm other the the playwright definitely seems like a real family of sorts yeah it's 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 yeah it's a nice found family of actors situation like tom john and well like enjoy each other's company they go out they always oh, shouldn't, but they go out drinking yeah. together. They have whole bits about like, oh, you, you want to go to, well, you you want to go to this dwarf bar or what about that troll bar over there? Oh, you wouldn't like it. It's all molten rocks for drinks and rock music. <laughs> music with rocks in it, technically. Yeah. Um, now, no, no. At, at this, few more books. at this, at this point, it's literally music by banging rocks against one another. Ah. Music with rocks in is a different thing. I liked that. Uh, Tom John's whole like ending thing is that not he doesn't it isn't just about him refusing the crown because he doesn't want to be king he actively really wants to carry on his his adopted father's legacy and it's this really sweet scene of like he he really loved the shit out of Vitolier and that was like yeah it was really affecting because he was like yeah I want to I want to be like my dad I want to I want to live up to him and it's like oh man like that 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 probably meant a lot to like adopted kids out there. I don't yeah. know. That's, that he, was yeah, a sweet. Really, that was a sweet little ending for him. I think he really could have been a bit more. I think written slightly worse, he could have been the things he can do. Like he definitely has like his ability to just recite any lie on command and mm-hmm. basically look like anyone because that's what he can do. Which trans, goddammit. it. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, but yeah, like doing those. He really could have felt not like too powerful too weird and not in any way a real character yeah. but the fact that his approach to all of this is just like no i just i want to be a good actor because i really like my dad and i look up to him a lot really grounded him in a way that yeah. worked great he wasn't it wasn't that he was like under characterized it was more just like he was pretty he was pretty open he wasn't like he yeah. wasn't like too complex of a character because he didn't need yeah. to be. It was just yeah. he, he was the a a lighter character to counterbalance all this other darker shit going on elsewhere in yeah. the book, mm-hmm. which was nice. It worked great. Yeah. Um, <sighs> speaking of parts we liked, um, I also have got to say that like while the fifteen year time skip was pretty abrupt and pretty obviously like a narrative artifice to like get the story rolling i will say that like one like i feel like the examples of witches exhibiting magic in this book are so much cooler than wizards exhibiting magic in our previous book just because like there's so much less of it so that when they do it it's like more startling and it feels like there's more weight to them actually doing things the 15 year time skip is this like impossibly difficult spell that like granny is only able to do by like racing on her broomstick going really really fast around the entire border of the country before dawn and also nanny gets a bunch of her kids to like hold rooster beaks mouths shut so they can't crow to signal that it's dawn yet. yeah and and nanny and magret have to like fly up there and like inflate refuel yeah Granny's with magic stick. like that's it was, good if it felt uh, like a it felt like a heist movie kind of a setup where it's yeah. like we have to do all of this crap just to like 
make this one really I, tricky loophole of a spell work. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I, yeah, cause I, re- I like the fact that Granny has just apparently really taken the flying ever since, you know, equal rights. But at the same time, she's become far, far more dangerous. Because, oh, yeah. like, everything else in her life, rules don't apply to her. Rules are for everybody else to stay out of her way. Did yeah. you notice they had a callback to Equal Rights where she, like, went back to, like, the uh, the mechanic dwarves and bullied yeah. them into souping up her broom so it went really, really fast? Yeah. <laughs> they still did, but they still didn't fix the starter problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, and, uh, there, yeah, there was a whole bit about how, uh, you know, birds had to rapidly evolve to, like, fly on their backs so they could see her coming, and, and, and uh, Nanny Og says something like, Gosh, I hope she hasn't hap- I hope she hasn't happened to someone. <laughs> uh, it was good. It was a really. It was a. Re- it was a good bit. I thought. I thought. I will say. I'm gonna criticize it. I thought it was a bit confusing at times. It mm-hmm. kind of. There was a lot going on, and I'm not sure yeah. it fully like explained everything. I th- but I think it really was carried by nanny's force or granny's force of personality mm-hmm. and the idea of what was going on yeah, so that yeah. when it happened and when you saw it happened it was just like yeah fuck that was I th- cool yeah. i think what could have been explained a little bit better is that what happened was wasn't that they were just like yanking the gears of time forward what they were doing was like essentially like cordoning off the entire country and then making everywhere else go 15 years into the future so for Lanker it was only a week. For everyone else, it's fifteen years. And Lanker is such an, uh, it's such backwater. an isolated, yeah, backwater that nobody really noticed. Yeah, there's like a handful of folks who like you know, dang, a lot more news from out of town. They never talk about like what it was like for people visiting Lankra in those fifteen years they were gone. Oh jeez, yeah. Um, which they mentioned black... there's a fun fanfic idea they mentioned black alice a lot and about how yeah. she's essentially the origin of like the sleeping beauty uh fairy tale yeah. and like the hansel and gretel and shit like that which i want to read a book about her she seems fucking cool yeah, i mean seems, oh, remember her, gin- her her gingerbread cottage was in yeah like... yeah so like a... I, that was i mean apparently she died in that house yeah shit yeah. that's grim there but, was uh, yeah <laughs> I assume it was just, like, people would come by and, I don't know, maybe everyone was asleep or, like, there was some sort of, like, force field or something. Anyways, they don't really go into that. And, like, I was confused for a little bit in the book until, like, I caught up with enough jokes that I could piece together, like, oh, okay, so not everybody's, like, older, same age. It's just they jumped forward in time. Yeah. It's, there's a number, like, there's a number of really good bits with Black Alice, including, like, I think, what are the... I think they, in the end, convinced Granny t- to get on board with this whole time business is by, you know, well, Black Alice couldn't do that, but, you know, I bet you could, you know, really, like, yeah. appeal to the sense of vanity and the sense of spite. But if you need to make Granny Weatherwax do anything, all you gotta do is make it a challenge to her ego. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Yeah. And it, it, it works. It works beautifully. It is it is a very good character beat that you can reliably use to get a character to do something you need them to do. But, uh, yeah, everything about that scene was, again, this, the witches play off well against one another. Yeah. And yeah. you're going to hear, like, I black remember Black Alice, remember the fact that a bunch of these old Grimm's fairy tales have actually happened, because that will become important later. What was your favorite, uh, what was your favorite gag in the book? Oh, I have, I oh, have this, I have this unlocked. So, um, there's a bit where, 
I think it's the fool is like is it's the fool and I think also the ghost of the king are like basically there's a bunch of you know there's the hall of portraits there's a bunch of tapestries and stuff and it lists off a bunch of a bunch of old kings and it would always be like king king dipshit you know he ruled from 600 to you know 625 or whatever they would have you know king uh range of years in parentheses you know standard shit and this goes on for about half the book until we finally get the payoff which is uh uh, we meet Lanker's first and only vampire king who ruled for, you know, you know, five separate periods of years. <laughs> yeah, or non-consecutively. A total of something like 70 uh, years. But yeah, because she just kept killed and revived over and over uh, again. I had a bunch of different favorite gags, but I think the one that... My favorite gag that also was like a character beat was... um, It's on page 130 if you're reading along in the Harper Torch fiction copy. Uh... There are thousands of good reasons why magic doesn't rule the world. They're called witches and wizards, Maggot reflected as she followed the other two back to the road. It was probably some wonderful organization on the part of nature to protect itself. It saw to it that everyone with any magical talent was about as ready to cooperate as a she-bear with a toothache, so that all so all that dangerous power was safely dissipated as random bickering and rivalry. There are differences in style, of course. Wizards assassinated each other in drafty corridors. Witches just cut one another dead in the street. And they were all as self-centered as a spinning top. Even when they help other people, she thought, they're secretly doing it for themselves. Honestly, they're just like big children. Except for me, she thought smugly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, God. Uh. If you've ever needed a reminder that this was written about the same time as sorcery, there it is. (laughs) But this is so much funnier of a way to say that. It absolutely is. I love, and like, that's so like, that's because like, Magret's like the new age, flower power, vegan, crunchy, kind of scientist approach witch. So like, it's great to be like, yes, like, I'm absolutely aware of all of the issues that witches have, and we absolutely need to move forward, except for me, because I clearly am the right one. I I, I think my favorite, I think, like, I, I've mentioned that I actually enjoyed all of the well bits of just, here's a random piece of, like, modern media that he's incredibly annoyed won't work, or, and also the one joke about vowels, but I think my actual favorite gag was the, uh, the, I'm just a... I'm just a lady picking up wood. Don't, don't worry. Just trying to find uh, wood in the forest. So All three of them in order. It was so funny. It's it's, it's that in the. Uh, oh, what what do you let me in? I'm just a simple apple seller. And yeah. Which is to right then. Knowledge, apples. Which to grant his knowledge has never actually worked, but it's traditional. And then it works three times. <sighs> I just I love how it, it I love how it went for each of their characters like with the wood thing like Granny plays it up as hard as possible because it's traditional and if anyone questions her on it she will make them stop questioning her. Uh, Magret's just like, well yeah of course just it's believable enough it doesn't matter and here I'll I'll rant about something like what it does it's not really a thing as much as it's the thing that she has to do and then nanny just uses it as an excuse to get on the cart and start hanging <laughs> and, and eat, get I, smoke and eat, and eat their lunch yeah it's great all of it, their just, it plays into all of their characters and the thing is it also works they all okay. succeed okay they're yeah. all good at being witches they're just also like this yeah. mm-hmm. that that one specific moment where 
Nanny pulls out a pouch of tobacco, says, hey, does anybody have a, have a match? And, like, four people immediately get matches to her. Goes, oh, lovely. And then puts the pouch away. Now, does anybody have any tobacco? Yeah. That was really good. <laughs> Wrote that one down, too. God. Nanny uh-huh. is, like, perfect. She's what I want to be when I grow up. She's amazing. <laughs> She's so great at uh-huh. this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. Uh-huh. Belina, do you have a favorite gag at all? Or? Um. I think I, I, I always have trouble picking. I, th- I mean, what I just said, there was one of the bits where I laughed the hardest, but I've, I don't know if I have a really specifically, f- there was, no, I, I do not, I do not want to try to sit here and narrow it down, which is a chicken shit answer, but yeah. I, I just enjoyed way too much of this book to mm-hmm. pick one. I, okay. If I had gun to my head, uh, Felmet trying to convince death that he's dead until he eventually screws up and kills himself. I would yeah, never good. put a gun to your head while discussing a Discworld book. Please, we're civilized people here. <laughs> now, uh, well, we're still, hey, we're still only like six books into the debate at the end. Yeah, we haven't wait. gotten to the point where we have to argue where to put something in the midst uh, of 30 other books. So we, I, we, will, yeah. we will work our way up yeah. to like pocket knives or something around 12 or 13 books, and then we'll go from there. Uh, we'll, I expect we'll probably be either using artillery or at least very large swords. <laughs> we're going to get into like John Wick shit by then. <laughs> Elena, you have my word that I will only ever point a ray gun at your head as part of a negotiated Cape Kink scene. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Just to tick all the boxes that we usually cover every episode. Uh, there were a lot of extremely fucking British jokes in this book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think I think the one that really took the cake for me... Um, it's gone too far this time, said a peasant. All this burning and taxing and now this. I blame you, witches. It's got to stop. I know my rights. What rights are they, said Granny. Dunninch, cowage and ordinary, badinage, <laughs> leftovers, scrummage, clarion, spunt, said the peasant promptly. And acornage every other year, and the right to keep two-thirds of a goat on the common, until he set fire to it. It was a bloody good goat, too. A man could go far knowing his rights like you do, said Granny. But right now he should go home. That is... That's so grit. good. It's so... Oh, yes, well, I've, we've got the middle of middle sex here, you know? Uh, That's so British, droid- I'm not sure even British people understood it. <laughs> the the droit de segur joke. Yes. The, 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 the fact that that actually had a payoff was the incredible part. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I, I mean, that's what I was thinking. I think part of the reason this book works so much better is because so many of the jokes weren't just, here's a groaner joke, it's it's not very good, but it's I worked real hard to make it, and you mm-hmm. appreciate it. They did that, and then they would make a joke out of that. Yeah, like, like the fact that, as we said with like the... the the wealth stuff it wasn't just here's modern media it was here's modern media then someone else goes what what are you talking about or is confused or stunned at how weird it is it makes the joke work because it's not just sitting there meaningless yeah like there's yeah like there's some genuine like there's a couple there's a number of dick jokes in here this one feels like it has more raunchy jokes than the others thanks nanny like i like i just said for one thing ribbled like did did any of you actually look up what a droite segur is? Yes, I did. It's prima nocta. Good. I I looked that up when I started because like <laughs> otherwise this you know I you know we get a number of dick jokes we get a number of droite segur jokes for uh, for the benefit of the audience uh, they. The joke throughout the series is that everyone just thinks that it's some kind of dog because the kings always talk about exercising it. It is 
to put it very, very briefly, when you get married, the king's allowed to fuck your wife. Yeah, which is <laughs> and, which probably never happened in real life, but it's very it's a very common and pervasive idea. Right, and the the idea that they put out there is at the at the end that supposedly the king had boinked the fool's mother, but what had actually happened is that the fool's father had boinked the queen. So hey. Tom John and the fool had the same father but it wasn't the father everybody expected but the witches aren't going to tell anybody that part because it it works that's the important thing and who says royalty can't be matrilineal come on yeah yeah there's because there's a whole joke i wrote down about how they're talking about oh that that great big harry's thing of his is his straight to see you god i mean i think i think that's part of that that thing with uh uh, the fool does play into kind of the theme of the book, which is, it's not really that it's not the actual tradition that matters. It's the fact that people believe in the tradition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't actually have to have an heir to the throne. You just have to have enough people believe that this is the heir to the yeah. throne, and that'll that'll make it work. Yeah. Look, in fifty mm-hmm. years, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless someone writes a play about it. Hey. <laughs> also, uh, my favorite footnote in the book was probably the one uh, about. Uh, the Thieves Guild, because they explain the Thieves Guild in detail for the first time in this mm-hmm. book. Oh, yeah. Yes. Which is great. Like, I, love the, I love the Thieves Guild. I love the idea of just making your taxation work by actually making it theft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a good bit, and this is also the first time we really see who Vetinari is. Mm-hmm. Me loudly complaining in the previous episodes, that's not Vetinari. This is Vetinari. This is our first true Vetinari. They say literally at the end of the footnote that, uh, once again, compared to the Patrician of Ankh, Machiavelli could not have run a Welk stall. He, like, oh, man. And, like, you get, like, receipts for when you're, you get stuff stolen so that you can't get stuff stolen. And this means richer people organize to have their stuff stolen every year so that they don't have to have stuff stolen later. It's really fun. Yeah, it's a really good bit that, like, okay, well, you know, while we're here, can we, you know, rob you now, get it out of the way? Yeah. And, and like, we, like, there's a... The whole pro- the whole scene where like the thieves are genuinely worried because they accidentally stole too much. Like he's a clown. Who knew he'd have this much money on him? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was it was great. Uh, We're gonna see a lot more uh, guild bullshit coming soon. Oh goodness. yes. Uh, I, that brings me to another question. What did y'all not like about the book? Uh, it sure. This is something I'm kind of thinking about. What did y'all think didn't quite work? Uh, I've said my piece. There, it does drag kind of between finding out what the problem is and before they start trying to solve it. And uh, there was a lot of like, again, I'm gonna keep harping on. What was that? What the fuck was that scene where like the ill, uh, ill faith, m- mama, uncle, uh, pretty? Well, you can call me pretty. That's fine. It's, what was that? I think it's like weird jester talk. Yeah, like, like, yeah. I mean that. That 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 kind of nonsense will show up here and there if people just again he's ha- he has to talk like this because that's the way the guild told him he has yeah. to tell his jokes. Yeah, yeah. it's I, I this it, might it's be a, it's a sorry, go, ahead. go ahead okay this might be Bye. me being too American but it's they sure do like Pratchett sure does like to transcribe people's accents in a really impenetrable way. Uh, yeah, I, I mean yeah. Yeah. It, it is a separate joke that like. Even the fools know that absolutely nobody actually gets their jokes except for the people who have extremely high, tra- highly trained and highly quote-unquote yeah. civilized. Yeah. 
No, no one could so, understand my. No one could understand his jokes except for like the the top five lords of comedy at the Fools Guild or whatever. God, reminds me yeah. of indie comics. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but um. it, uh, and yeah, it's stuff that probably made a lot. It was probably easier to follow it thirty years ago if mm-hmm. you were also British. But yeah, eh, not everything's gonna age well. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, if I if I have to pick out like particular scenes uh there was that one scene during the dungeon scene where like uh magrit gets like sexually menaced by a guard and like the fool has to step in and like preserve her dignity which i thought was like weirdly retrograde for an otherwise pretty not like that book like that was a little yeah. That was a little much. That didn't. Yeah. That could have used a few rewrites. That didn't have to be. He could have just normal menaced like, Yeah, like have like to, normal like... menace because they're already witches and criminal witches. Like, come on. Yeah. Ugh. And I, I, oh. I, I was, I thought some of the stuff with the kingdom, like being angry, really worked, but some of it just. It, it it felt just kind of vague. Yeah. I think I think that explaining it a bit more, or better yet, having the king actually start trying to cut down the forest or fuck it up in yeah. some way, yeah. in a way that made you go, "Oh, okay, a bad thing is happening that needs to be stopped." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I feel like that could have made it work. Yeah, a lot like better. you, you yeah, could like, have had a whole scene where you know, the duke sends some folks to try and cut to try and clear cut the forest and they get attacked by rabbits or whatever. God, I just yeah. realized that's the thing that that's the reason that made like Mort work that this book doesn't have is that it, it doesn't have a ticking clock. It doesn't have stakes. Yeah. Uh that feel immediate. Yeah, it, it hints at them a lot, but it doesn't have any. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. kind of wonder if that what sort of thing was in the version he wrote before he went, okay, no, I'm skipping these 15 years. I'm not going to write 15 more chapters like this. Yeah, I, you can't just write 15 years of, like, things got way worse and sad. Yeah. Yeah. We all know that this guy sucks. Yeah. The 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 uh, the the time skip is a great thing, and like I really enjoyed the times. I really enjoyed the scene of it, but yeah, I feel like it just could have made a bit more sense. As like bad things are going to start happening. I think I did it a bit with watching the populace slowly turn against the witches. Like mm-hmm. that that prov- that prov- that that filled it in for me. Yeah. That was where I was like, oh, something bad is happening that is going to have a like continue to have an effect. I don't think there was enough Grebo. Yeah. A- Every time Grebo wasn't on the page, I was like, where's Grebo? <laughs> what, what is Grebo up to? I What's see him Grebo grabbing up this, to? He's grabbing a fool. He's peeing on a tapestry. Like, that's who it was with the Vampire King. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. It was because that, yes. All Grebo uh, all the time, baby. Anyway. When are we going to get a Grebo book? Oh, we will get a book with a lot of Grebo. Oh, we will, we will get, we will get, uh... Yeah, God, Gre- I don't want to spoil it, actually. Every- I'm excited okay. for Masquerade. We're going to get you so much not- Grebo and Masquerade. Good news, Andrew not- Lloyd Webber fans and cat lovers. I realize that Venn diagram is a circle, but uh, we got a book <laughs> made just for you. <laughs> and don't worry, we can't. We are literally contractually not allowed to have Nanny Og without Grebo. Oh, <laughs> Thank goodness. I could have done I- without knowing about Grebo's... Um, uh, accomplishments. It's, it's oh yeah, the, it's worth the project just calls him a rapist, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Again, especially because later he becomes like a character. A little too oh, shit. On the Fuck, side. I, uh, I just, I just 
took a good chunk of psychic damage remembering that. I'm gonna go after this. I'm gonna have to go make myself. Oh God! You're right. Oh! Oh shit! Oh! I'm okay. <laughs> no, you. J yeah, yeah. No, I remember that part. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. Shit. That doesn't look good in re retrospect, does it? I think I missed that part, and I'm gonna keep missing it. Yeah. Don't worry. Keep missing it until it pops up when you least expect it. Are y'all talking about what I said, or are you talking about a thing that happens in a future book? In a future book. It's okay. yeah. weird. Yeah, just, we'll, we'll worry about that stuff later. Don't worry about yeah. it. Anyways. Well, there's a lot to go over. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, was there anything else we wanted to discuss with this book at all, or should we yeah. hop towards the rankings? And I did have one or two more things I wanted to say, one of which is, oh, you fire know, away. We, we do get some... You know, some winks and nods to the earlier books. We get the the town of Badass mentioned again, where I think it's where Cohen is from. No, uh, Badass is from Esk. Esk, Esk, there we yeah. go. Esk was from. Yeah. We get, so we get the town of Badass, and you know, the librarian is in here briefly, which who I always appreciate. That yeah. was nice. I, I like the librarian shows up just long enough to cave somebody's skull in. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, it, it's, it's like a little a little cameo just to be like, hey, remember this guy from that other book you just read that was worse. Here he is again. He's the best yeah. part of that book. He's a good part of this book. Yeah, I'm not sure where that giant came from because I don't think we're going to see that ever again. But I think they meant a giant metaphorically. He was just a big yeah. guy. Because like yeah, it cause had to whole, have been it. He yeah, he was clearly dressed up like a biker. Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole yeah because it's it's a very obvious scene, but it's you know the big guy is mean to well because he's a small guy and mm -hmm. then he gets his face punched in. It's very yeah. satisfying. What more do you need? We get a little taste of that good old-fashioned Ankh-Morpork fantasy yeah. racism that will yeah. become more central to the series later on. Also, and even more explicit, especially once we get to the watch stuff. Oh, oh boy. boy. Also, there's a whole thing where, like, there's this storm that keeps coming back as a character, and the storm is, like, keeps studying under other greater storms and really wants yeah! to make it big. I and, love like, how... Oh. There's a whole... There's a bunch of really good bits there culminating, and it... You know, it returns at the night of the play. It's it's going... The storm is ready. He's been studying. He's been practicing. The storm uses it, its pronouns, I should say. The storm is going to take them by... Well, Tempest. God. I actually... I love... I love Pratchett so much. Is it much. weird that I, like... When I read that part, I was, like... I was actually, like, oh, fuck yeah, the storm's <laughs> back. And then I was, like... Am I seriously getting excited for the return of a meteorological condition? <laughs> also, yeah, like, that's 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 Discworld. That's uh, Pratchett. He does that. Also, it's great. like you know, the storm greets the witches, and like, damn, I wish a storm could greet me. That would rule. Though it kind of did that one night. We all went out as supervillains. Yeah. That, oh, that was, was that so earth, cool. There was that earth-shattering thunderstorm. That's yeah. And we were all dressed as villains. We were hanging out at this bar called the Pine Box in downtown Seattle, which is a former funeral home. So it was about as evil as you could get. It was fantastic. Nice. We got to do that again now that yeah. we're like heading yeah. into summer of vaccination. Yeah, the, the after times. Like, yeah, and that's why Modem was okay as a parasol. Um. Okay. In, in terms of bit players, I really liked the standing stone, the weirdly yeah. cowardly landmark. <laughs> that was a good. Was, I, constantly hiding. So nobody's actually sure say, how many there are because it keeps shuffling out of sight somehow. I will also say I feel like this is the first time we really got to see dwarves. Yeah. As yeah. Like Anything other than a weird not bit. Just kind of a joke or yeah. a weird bit. Like, especially seeing Ankh Borpork joke dwarves dwarves and some of the like recurring bits, like 
singing about gold constantly, mm. but not necessarily like mo- in, in a weird way trying to go extra hard on it because it's in a city. It's it's interesting and it's going to come into play more. Yeah, the fact that they are yeah. performatively dwarvish, yeah. Yeah. especially like the Huel has that conversation with the one that runs a makeup stand, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's like he kind of drops the act when he realizes that he's talking to the person who wrote that play that he really enjoyed last week. Yeah, that yeah. that was a really good bit, and this is like I because usually when he does before when he's done like the kind of weird like fantasy parody or whatever, like it's fallen flat. But I genuinely enjoyed this joke. It's Again, when he was writing it, it was like generic fantasy, but now it, it feels like he's writing about, you know, the setting the Dungeons and Dragons games take place in. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, like, it's good. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, dwarves are all named, uh, you know, Red Beard, Rough and Tumble, because, like, you know, that's what they like to do. It's performative. It's like, when you're going out on the town, you carry your big axe, you braid your beard all up, and mm-hmm. you, you know, you drink, you quaff. There's a, yeah. a really good running joke about how quaffing is like drinking, but you spill most of it. Just because you're a minority population in an urban uh, metropolis, that doesn't mean you have to absolutely assimilate. Yeah. You still have to retain some sense of identity, and maybe there's an aspect of performativeness to that. Yeah, yeah. The, the notion that they go extra hard because they're in the city and because they can't really be dwarf dwarfs mm-hmm. so they just play it up as hard as they can yeah it, that that is going to come up more and more because that's going to come up every yeah. time we're in yeah. agmore pork and there are dwarves yeah. around I, mean, I wonder if pratchett will do anything with that in the future yeah hmm. <laughs> uh yeah that was good that, it's the seed of something that will eventually grow into more it's mm-hmm. fun well if we're all ready for it why don't we go to I'm sorry, the big? I have, I have. Oh, sorry. I have two more things. Uh, one oh, of them free. is. Um, <laughs> one of them is that uh, there's mention. Uh, Magret adopts a tortoise as a familiar, just like Rainbow Dash. And B, there's a whole bit oh about. God. There's a whole bit about the witches dancing in shifts, and I'm not. But they. It clearly doesn't mean like there's a joke about how that's. Magret thinks like. They, she thinks it's about like dancing in shifts, like like in shift work, as in you take turns. But that's not what that means. So yeah, they mean like a nightgown. It's like a British word oh. for like a nightgown or like. Okay, a, thank you. I looked it up and didn't yeah. get that. Yeah. Okay, now I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Official ranking list. Here it goes. Do we think that Weird Sisters was better than? The color of magic. Let's not. Yes. Let's not insult but, weird sisters. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me skip forward. Here. We could. It was better than past sorcery. equal rights. Go to. Yeah. Go to. I was going to say sorcery. Do we think it's better we than put sorcery? sorcery in the middle? Yes. I think yes. it's better yeah, than sorcery. Absolute, absolutely. Do we think it's better than equal rights? Yes. 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 Do we yeah. think it had granny and it was be- better granny? True. This time. Yeah. Yeah. This was like fully formed granny. Yeah. Do we yeah. think that it's better than Mort? Hmm. <sighs> I want to say yes. That's, I think, I think it had volume wise. I think it did better. It it did not have quite. It didn't have like two or three characters having their character growth. This was a bunch of people. It it did. It had more quantity. I think mm-hmm. of story than Mort did. I might be. Able, I might say yes. It's. Hmm. Yep. I, I need somebody else to start talking so I can go back to thinking. The problem is that I I, I really liked Mort. I'm going to say no. Hmm. Interesting. And I think the reason for that is because when I look at what this book was trying to do, 
it feels like it was mostly trying to be a funny Macbeth parody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I look at what Mort was trying to do, I kind of think about it, and I think about how it portrayed death. I think about how it talked about death at times. Mm -hmm. I think about what it tried to do, and I'm more impressed with it in that regard. Mm -hmm. And while I think this book is funnier, and I definitely read it easier, I'm... I like the ones that try harder, even if they fail. Mm. I'm willing to buy that. Yeah, I think you convinced me. I was going to say number one, but that's actually a really good point. I think we got to put this in at number two. Not because it's bad, but just because Mort is a little, has a little bit more clarity of purpose. Yeah, the problem is, like, I like Death. I, yeah, Death is, you know, he's one of the better characters in the Discworld. I like him. I like his stories. I like, you know, when he shows up, you know, it's, a, you know. We joked about Grebo, but I do kind of hoot and holler whenever Death shows up. It's you know he's always a always a classic. Yeah, and yeah, I think I think this is going to be a difficult one in the future, just because like this kind of I don't know this set my baseline for what a good Discworld book is. Like I liked it, I enjoyed it, I really I would read it again in a couple months if I thought of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That That is what I expect from a Discworld book. It's got a bunch of great gags, characters that I liked, a plot that has me interested, and hints at something more going on to the point of eventually establishing a bunch of characters that actually exist. Mm -hmm. This is kind of what I expect from a base Discworld book. And it's weird to consider Mort in that regard, because Mort is maybe better, but Mort also doesn't really feel like a Discworld yeah. book, maybe. Because, like, the, the thing about Mort is, like, I enjoyed Mort, but, like, we were talking about characters and chemistry, but, like, you know... I, I, Mort the guy is fine, I guess. He has kind of an interesting arc with, you know, whether he wanted to take Death's throne, but, like, that's about it. I can't even remember the name of the girl in Mort that he wound up marrying. I can't. Isabel. There we go. Like, there was... Uh, it's... See, what's going to make this really complicated is because we're going to get... Next time we have a really good one here, some of us are going to somehow think that Okay, presuming that we keep Mort on top and we put Weird Sisters below, we're going to have books that we thought were better than Weird, that were worse than Weird Sisters, but better than Mort, and we're just going to have to start making a yeah. weird kind of four-dimensional list. Well, the big question is, like, is our, to be clear, is our ranking supposed to define the most Discworldy of Discworld books, or is it supposed to define the best of Discworld books, regardless of how Discworldy they are? Because Probably I think some the of the latter, because that you, some you, of the you best playing up as an objective yeah, list. And, some of the uh, best Discworld books are also some of the least conventional Discworld books. One of my all-time personal faves, like in my personal list, definitely top three, at least if not number one, is Small Gods. And Small Gods is extremely atypical of a Discworld book. Um, yeah, I would argue that. Uh, Going Postal is a very popular favorite of fans, and that one also does some pretty big shakeups with the formula. Uh, Monstrous Regiment I, is another atypical one. I can see that, but I think I think it's less the formula here and more just that Mort felt, I don't want to say unfinished. Mm. It felt like a book that he was writing very early in his career, and he didn't fully, he wasn't as 
good of a writer, I don't want to say, but it didn't feel like it came okay, together Mort, as well. Mort was a very good book, but it just kind of used the Discworld as a backdrop most of the time. Right. It would, you, could, you could have put Mort into any other literary universe with very little adjustment being made. Also, it just didn't work at times in a way that I don't think this book really ever did. There are times that more when I was like, I don't get this or appreciate it at all. Mm-hmm. I didn't really feel that with this book. Do you so... think we should put Weird Sisters at number one then? No, I still think Mort's number one. Oh, <laughs> well, shit! I, I still, I still, I still, I. Looking at it, I still I like I like what Mort did. I like what it tried to do, and I like it a lot. And if I had to say. Which book should you read is the better one? I'd probably recommend Mort to someone. Yeah, that's yeah. A- if somebody did not know what Discworld was, hi Grace. I, Mort was. I've read six probably- of the damn books, Belina. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know Discworld no, yet. You yeah, have that, three thirty more. That's, that's that's sort of the thing. Is like you start you're starting this new. You don't. You are not. Ha- God, I can't believe I'm going to be saying these words. But you are not burdened with half remembered snippets from the rest of yeah. the series I am a you don't have rasa. as you yeah. don't have as firm of an idea as to what discworld it is it hasn't yeah. ossified in your brain yet it has however fossified which is what we used to call turning into free and open source software sorry go ahead. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> oh god oh. but I, I i will agree that we should be ranking these on which which books we thought were better as books rather than as discworld stories we might categorize things a little bit more i mean you you've hinted in the past that eventually we're just going to have to build a tier yeah. list. yeah we're gonna probably hit a tier list after maybe like uh i'm thinking maybe like book 10 or so just because yeah we yeah. can't keep like going through each each like already with this one we were like we don't want to fuck with anything below sorcery like yeah. obviously it's better than the color of magic duh uh and eventually that's going to open up even bigger questions because like like for example like i would put weird sisters in like pretty standard like an a tier it's it's an all-rounder it's yeah. not perfect but the stuff it does does well um but Above that, like, we've got to consider what the S tier is going to look like. And below that, we've got to consider what the B tier is going to look like. And that's going to be interesting because I feel like that's going to really sharpen some of the divides between different books. I think that at some point, like, when we switch over to a tier list, we are going to have, like, half of an episode where we have to sit down and figure out where those dividers are. And oh, that yeah. is seriously going to be – that's going to be at least half an hour even if there's only 12 books to go through. Mm-hmm. I think number 10 is Eric, and that's not a very long book, so that's a perfect time to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, if it gets us to not have to talk about that one as much, that that might be oh, a good – Oh, God. Okay, I'm, I'm being very, very mean about a book I haven't read in 20 years, but <laughs> well. <laughs> it's got illustrations by Josh Kirby, so I hear. That's y'all something. Like, y'all keep talking about these future books like, oh, these ones are great. It's a shame about the bad ones. Uh, really selling me on these. Yeah, we really need to stop doing this yeah. so much. Because what if we find a bad well, one? So the, like... the thing is, 
What if we come on to one? Great. What if we like read Eric and it's like, whoa, this is really good, actually. Then we're going to look like assholes. <laughs> well, we'll be the first Eric's Truther podcast. Grace, you, you just have to you just have to realize we're doing this to get it out of our systems while we still can, mm-hmm. because eventually we're going to hit a point where it's just like, okay, so the next three books, fuck, they're all great ones. Yeah. Oh, God, I love all of these. I'm so excited for all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, okay, uh, just as an aside here, if somebody could just write in and tell us that we were already assholes, I thank you in advance. Oh, yeah. I know I am. It's fine. Uh, yeah, mm. I'm, Speaking yeah, of assholes, fine. we gotta let... No, that's a horrible <laughs> thing. Holy that's shit. That's terrible. Oh, my God. Speaking okay, of... So, so, are, speaking, are, so are we putting this on two? Yeah, I'd say put it on two. In terms of, like... Yeah, like, in terms of, like, books I would recommend, I would, like... If someone, if it, you know, someone I didn't know all that well asked me, Grace, which Discworld book should I start with? Because, well, it's never happened before, but there's a first time for everything. Some people will say anything, as these books are fond of saying. Um, I would recommend Mort before I recommended this one. I, I think this is probably a better book than Mort, but I'm willing to put it at number two for the reasons y'all have outlined. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll put it at number two, and then we'll see where it stands once the rankings fill out a little bit more. Because I still think it's going to be pretty high on the list. Yeah, I think it'll uh, be on the same tier as Mort, let's oh, say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. But yeah. So, but, you've got fan Anyways, mail. speaking of people who are not assholes and who are delightful because they wrote into to us, uh, we have some fan mail. We have an yeah. email address, uh, disc at hypnovire.us that's d-i-s-c at h-y-p-n-o-v-i-r dot u-s if you have any comments questions concerns rants or raves or about our show or you just want to tell us what a great job we're doing uh you can send us a nice letter and uh we might read it on air uh this today's fan letter comes from uh jay they them who writes hey y'all your talk about how creepy Terry is with his descriptions of younger female characters reminded me of a dumb thing I did while I was listening to an audiobook of Weird Sisters. Him clowning on Megret annoyed the hell out of me so much that I have made a witch OC that has basically the same body type, but I'm not going to be weird about her for not being curvy. Seriously, Terry, you can't talk about how flat a chick is for a whole book only to make a joke about the jester basically motorboating her when he thinks he's dead. I hope you enjoy this in like two months when you actually get to Weird Sisters. Love, Jay. This was sent in April. Um, God, so, uh, I forgot it, about it's that weird part. That it, was it's weird. weird that none of us remembered that. Yeah. yeah. There, uh, were more, yeah. there were more than a few jokes made about how Margaret is like oh, yeah, absolutely. not That's traditionally a... attractive. Yeah. Let's, let's, I was, I was overcome with my love for Margaret because she's such a great, she's yeah. so good and I love her and I relate to her as a big dumb idiot that I forgot that Pratchett's super shitty about her sometimes because he totally is. Yeah, yeah, it was. Fuck you, dude. It was get... weird that like, she's whole. She is holding the dying fool in her arms, and he just kind of really mashes his face into her titties because, well, you know, because he hasn't felt boobs since he was born. <laughs> he just wants to feel yeah. a boob. Which, I mean, I get he, it. Pratchett almost wrote a good romance. Yes. Yeah. I will say... But he didn't. Yeah. He absolutely didn't. He'll get there, though, eventually. We'll, we'll see I, soon. I wish I could say soon. that he improves on this. But uh, after Margaret stops being a full-time witch, uh, they get a a different witch in as the maiden role in the maiden mother and crone trio. Uh, and Terry, as much as Terry likes making jokes about how flat Margaret is in this book, 
her replacement, he loves making fat jokes about her, and that's going to oh. suck to get through. Right. I, I I couldn't remember who it was until you mentioned that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Masquerade's uh, a great book, but not for that reason. Y'all are not painting a great picture of Masquerade, but, you know, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Masquerade has maybe my favorite joke in dis one of my favorite bits in all of Discworld. That I will say that in the, its favor. The only thing I can remember from Masquerade, the only bit I can remember from Masquerade involves a very large wine bottle, and that's one of my favorite stupid jokes from the series. So. Yeah. Anyways, Jay, your concerns are absolutely valid. That was bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any, if you like our show, but you think that there was something in the book that was bullshit, feel free to write in and tell us about what you thought was bullshit, because we love picking these books apart as much as we mm-hmm. love reading them. You can't, you can't truly say that you love a piece of media unless you're willing to critique it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fully believe that. Anyways, um... Do we want to like wrap up here? Yeah, works for me. I, will, the- I will note they they made a there have been a number of adaptations of Weird Sisters. I just like to point this out, like because it's interesting to know. I've seen like an animated movie of it long long enough ago that I remember the shitty TV that I was watching it on. It was okay. I mean, it was passable, but you know, I I don't really remember enough to go look it back up. Specifically, it is a six-part animated TV show. Oh, an OVA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, well, it, yes, the Discworld OVA. Well, it's British, so they call it an OVA. Ah, of course. Or egg. <laughs> but yeah, someday we will get an adaptation of Discworld that makes me go, yes, this is exactly what I've always wanted. Someday. I'm, I'm not sure if we really can, because like, Hogfather was really good, but the main thing it did was show that you can't do this stuff one for one or it becomes six hours long. Yeah, oh my god, that was, I actually saw that and that was the biggest problem I had with it, was that it tried to do every single joke in the book and it was just excruciating. Yeah. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to choose a, uh, that explains why I've only ever seen Hogfather in, uh, gift sets on Tumblr of yeah. no, it makes the good very jokes. Good mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But, Yeah. I, I, I eventually we're also going to have to hit one of the watch books and listen to me rant about the watch TV show and how utterly terrible. Oh I'm, God. Yeah. I'm we, glad we, it, I'm actually perversely glad it turned out to be super bad because it means we don't have to think about it too hard. Oh, thank oh again, for the benefit of the readers, I linked one like tiny little fact about something that happens in the first five minutes of episode two and the noises that, that everyone else in the call made were, Ugh. I'm still probably so good. It was mad. probably probably good that they weren't recorded. I'm still so mad about that. <sighs> We're going to have to talk to it's it when we get to the watch, bad. for sure. <sighs> Anyways, thank you for joining us on our uh, technically seventh, but really sixth episode of Discovers. Uh, we update generally more or less sort of every month. You can uh, catch us on anchor.fm slash discpod. Uh, we also have social media accounts, uh, DiscPod on Twitter and on Mastodon at DiscPod at Queer.Party, where you can keep up with uh, when new updates come out. Uh, you can uh, send us nice messages there. Uh, I really have to get more on finding all of the epic dank Discworld memes in existence mm-hmm. so that I can start posting them on a regular basis. 
I need to find mm-hmm. out what the memes are. Uh, if you know any of the memes, please send them to me. I need help. I'm old and scared. Um, <laughs> I'm Iris J. You can find me at uh, Iris J Comics on Twitter and Mastodon.social. I have a webcomic, Iris J, or Crosswires at crosswires.iris.net. And also, I actually have something to plug. Um, oh, yeah. Me and my husband, Nero O'Reilly, uh, we're both cartoonists and we both do erotica for slipshine.net. Um, we are currently running a Kickstarter for the series we did for uh, a while before our current one uh, called Golden Trick. It's a, uh, a comic about two gay men who are con artists and they also have magical powers and they're trying to escape their city. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's got some steamy scenes and some magnificent art courtesy of Nero. I wrote it. Nero uh, arted it, drew it. Um, and it's inspired by a series that he did before that. It's really, really good. Uh, we're only trying to make it to 4.5K, so it's a really attainable goal. Uh, if you could go check out, I'll put the link in the kick, in the podcast notes for the Kickstarter. Uh, go check it out and maybe pledge if you're over 18. If you're under 18, don't pledge because there's sex in it. And if you look at it, your eyeballs are going to rot out of your head. But if you're over 18, check it out. It's great. Go give them money, adult nerds. Yeah. Sexual nerds. Snurds. Did y'all want to? Did y'all want to plug yourselves and your presences and shit like that? Uh, I'm Juniper. Follow me at Twitter on Twitter at Juniper Theory. I'm gonna go take a nap after this because I didn't go get enough sleep last night. Aww. But I'm very pretty, and you should follow me. It's true. June is very pretty. Yeah, she's hot. I am still Belina. I'm still on Twitter at Wolf C A U, pronounced Wolf Cow. Uh, if if you don't know what my stuff is, then you probably don't know where to find me anyways. And I, in the internet's beloved Princess Grace, you can find my ro- you can find my writing, programs, podcast posts, and everything else that's fit to plug at princess.software, including my software on floppy disk and some lovely stickers that uh actually are very own Iris J design. So wow. check it out. I'd also like to add you- that Belina and Grace are also very pretty. Wow. It's true. What a lovely yeah. thing to hear and from. And Iris, you are also incredibly hot. Mm, wow. What a good thing Thank to you. hear from local hot and cool cartoonist, <laughs> Iris J. I'm like icy hot. I'm hot and cool at the same time. Yeah. This this may not be the only Discworld podcast on the internet, but it is the one hosted by the sexiest hosts, and you can take that to the bank. Yeah. If if you run a sexy Discworld podcast, maybe... Let us, maybe we can let mud- us know. Yeah, maybe we can mud wrestle or something. Yeah, send nudes. That'd be fun. Yeah. Don't you don't actually have to do that. <laughs> don't, don't actually uh, do that. Hey, uh, don't if, actually. We, if we do have a, if we do have any fans that are under eighteen, please, please don't tell us. Yeah, please, do, don't tell do, us. Do not do that, and don't tell us. Enjoy. Just, yeah. Anyways, have a good night, everybody, and keep on disking. Get ready for pyramids next time. That'll be interesting. Oh God, no. Pyramids is okay. Oh boy! I, I, yeah. I wonder. I wonder it, how many okay. razor blade jokes we're gonna get. I hope a lot. Truly, they were the weird sisters. Woo-hoo.